Welcome to a special Rewind episode of You Had Me at Black. I'm Brittany Abrahams. Welcome to a special Rewind episode of You Had Me at Black. I'm Brittany Abrahams. We're in the kitchen cooking up a new season and figured in the meantime, why not revisit some of our favorite episodes from the past? Today's Rewind comes from Eric. His story takes place on a trip to Cuba. His vacation took an unexpected twist, which forced him to confront some skeletons from his past. Here's what happened. You're listening to You Had Me at Black. Black. Light in the heart of the city. Black. Man, listen, man. Black, black. <laughs> this is You Have Me at Black, and we live, baby! Okay, so my story starts in 1996. Uh, I was 11 years old at the time. Every weekend, we would go visit our grandparents in Seat Pleasant, Maryland, because both of my parents are from there. And when we went, uh, my grandmother would cook every Sunday. And so we'd go to the supermarket around the corner from our house to get whatever else we wanted to eat. And so we went um, one weekend. I sat in the car while they went to the store. And um, they're in there for about five or 10 minutes. So I'm like looking out the window and then I see this guy with all these little puppies that he was selling in the cage. And so I was like, oh, I could use a dog right now. <laughs> and so, you know, against what they told me to do, I got out the car and walked over to the puppies. Before I could even make it to that side of the street, one of them got away from him and just like jetted towards me. Like, almost got hit by a car and everything. And I'm like, yo, like, what's, what's up with this dog? You know, it's just, he had maybe eight or nine of them, but there was this one that just ran straight towards me. And I, I picked him up and I was like, you know, your dog's trying to get away. He's like, I think he's trying to tell you something though. Maybe he wants to go home with you. When my parents came out of the store, I ended up um, convincing them to get the dog for me. We named him Dragon. And before you know it, he was part of the family. Um, he grew into this big, brown, stuffed animal looking. <laughs> like, he was, he was a beautiful dog. It was like a, he was like a tannish, um, almost like a cinnamon color with a white underbelly. And he had a white tip on the back of his tail. My room was downstairs in the basement. So, so was his. <laughs> so he would uh, come and scratch my door while I'm on the phone. So he would, he would come in the room and he'd sleep under the bed. He had this spot underneath my bed where sometimes he would surprise me. I didn't even, I wouldn't even know he was there. I'd be like knocked out or I'll be like doing something and then he'll just crawl up from under the bed between my legs. I'm like, dog, you like, let me know something. We just had a, a, a stronger connection than anybody else in there. So, fast forward to take maybe a year or two years later. Um, so at this point, we had the dog for like three years. Yeah, about three years. And my family started having problems. Like, just the typical situation, you know, they're not seeing eye to eye, a lot of arguments. That kind of energy trickles down to, you know, other members of the family. We wasn't feeding them the same way. We weren't, we weren't spending as much time with them. Um, I was because that was my... My homie, you know, that was the way I dealt with what was going on. 
Eventually, my parents split up. They called it quits. You know, I got this thing about animals, well, dogs in particular, that I think that they can pick up on energy. And I've, I've always believed that for some reason. And I knew that, that he kind of sensed what was going on. He knew something was wrong. One day, I had taken him outside like I normally do. I let him run around for like 15 to 20 minutes while I'm on the phone. And then, you know, he'd come back and we'd go in the house or whatever. So this particular day, I took him outside and, you know, I took my eye off of him maybe for like three or four minutes. And he was gone. He was ghost. We had one of those fences, those electrical fences. So he had a collar and then an electrical fence would like deter him from, I guess, getting through. It's, now that I think back on it, it's actually pretty fucked up. Like a torture mechanism to make sure that they don't get away. Uh, but I never thought that he wanted to get away, you know? So, you know, he had the collar on and I let him go. I'm like, he ain't going nowhere. I go back in the house and I come back out and he's gone. Whatever was going on in that house, it was enough for you to endure whatever electrical shock that that collar had, you know, caused as a result of you trying to get through the, the barrier. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll look around the neighborhood for him. We did it the old school way and we made like posters and um, never found him. So for the next maybe four or five years, every time I seen a dog that remotely resembled him, it was my instinct to look back and see and make sure that it's not him. Fast forward the tape 15 years later, and I had to take a trip to Cuba. And I was, in my mind, not really the best person at the time um, because I was working a lot. I didn't have any time for family. Like people would call me and I just like send them the voicemail. Um, occasionally I might shoot over a text. Not trying to avoid them, it just was a lot going on at the time. So I wasn't the best person. I wasn't people's favorite person at the time, and I knew that. And I carried that guilt with me to Cuba. On the third day there, I see through the distance, it was on Cuba Street. I can remember it like it was like yesterday. It was like an open air market, I think. And there were people walking around. And in the middle of my view, it was this dog that looked exactly like him from behind, the same build the same white tip on the tail, the same cinnamon color. And I was like, this motherfucker and came and, <laughs> and came to Cuba to escape, you know, the family. And then I had to snap myself out of it because I'm like, the dog is gone. But I seen it and it, I couldn't help but to like try to get a picture of it just so I could at least show the family, like, look, I seen Dragon in Cuba, you know, to joke about it. And uh, the closer I got to him, the further away he kept walking. I'm doing I'm busy doing the work like documenting this experience but I can't help but to keep looking at him you know and we were recording something I almost cut one of the scenes short I was like maybe it's a coincidence I'll see him again all right y'all I am so sorry to interrupt your story but hear me out real quick what if you started every day with the confidence to speak your truth or if you felt supported to break down your walls and better connect with your family, your friends, your partners, and just the world in general. Or if you had the tools to express all of the feelings, thoughts, and stories that live deep within your soul. What would that do for you? We started You Had Me at Black with the mission to reclaim the Black narrative and inspire people to walk boldly on their own. 
And for the last four years, we've been passing the mic across the country to share our stories. Now we're taking it one step further and giving y'all the tools and the space to become stronger storytellers every day. Today, we're excited to introduce Team You Had Me at Black. It's a digital kinship designed for Black folks who are inspired to use their voices to connect, heal, and ultimately to liberate. Team You Had Me at Black opens for everyone in early 2021. But if you're listening right now, you're invited to a special three-month preview, which starts on October 14th. To learn more or to sign up, visit youhadmeatblack.com slash teamyhmab. That's youhadmeatblack.com slash teamyhmab. All right, all right, you can get back to the story. My second day seeing him, we were at this restaurant, and my friend that I was with, we were eating. We were sitting outside on the patio, so we could see what was, what was going on around us. We had finished and wrapped up the, the dinner, and then the waitress came out with the check. So my friend went to the bathroom, and I look over to my right across the courtyard, and I see the same damn dog again. I'm like, Dragon, is, <laughs> he's playing games with me, man. Like, I'm like, I got to get a picture this time because he's close enough. And the waitress is looking at me like, where the hell you think you're going? You're going to have to pay this bill first. Um, and I'm like, no, no, I'm not trying to run off on the bill. I just want to get this picture of this dog. And she's looking at me like, I heard that one before. I just really want to get that dog. And she's like, okay, well, make sure you pay first and then go get it. <laughs> so, so I pay I pay the bill or whatever. And then by the time I get over to where he was at, he's gone again. Um, so I seen him again, and he was walking by himself. And so I'm like going towards him, and he does it again, just jets off. And I'm like... This dog feels whatever energy I'm carrying with me, and he ain't trying to he ain't trying to be a part of me right now. And maybe rash I, I maybe rationalized the dog like running away from me because he felt that energy that I was carrying with me at the time. We we weren't raised like that, you know. We're a very tight knit family, and I just wasn't, you know, I I felt like I was um, succeeding in one part of life, but then in the other, it was I was failing. But on the last night, I decided to take a walk. And it was a late night. I remember it was like 10.30. The streets were like kind of empty. But there were a few people peppered around the the, uh, the city. Animals running up and down the street, just running amok, knocking stuff over. <laughs> cats and dogs. Cats in one group, dogs in the other group. Some groups, you see them roaming together. And um, it was maybe 15 minutes into the walk. And then I seen that dog run behind me. I seen the white tip of the tail. And I'm like, I gotta get this picture of this dog. I'm chasing the dog through like three alleys, like trying to get this shot. So I finally, I finally got him cornered. And he turned around, both of his eyes were missing. So he's like blind. One of them was like cloudy and then the other one was gone. So then it all makes sense. Like it all made sense at that point. And that's why he wasn't with the other animals, because he wasn't, you know, they, they can roam in packs because they can see. He couldn't. So it wasn't this dog trying to avoid my energy. It wasn't this dog knowing um, that I'm, I'm, I'm this bad person or whatever. It was just that he genuinely couldn't see me. So at that moment, I'm like, uh, move on with life. And 
that message kind of carried over into so many other aspects of my life that I didn't realize needed that at the time. And it all came together so perfectly. Because I feel like I finally figured out a way to allow everything to coexist and to let go what I need to let go in order to move forward. Okay, so the first thing you need to do is call your family. <laughs> uh, apologize for the time that you didn't spend. Um, and then figure out a way to be better. And then let stuff go. Like, you know, the dog was, he's probably gone, been gone. Um, who, who knows how, but the, the lifespan of Dragon wouldn't even last that long. And if it did, he wouldn't look the exact same way he did when I was in middle school, you know. Um, so I just was like, man, let it go. Thanks for listening to You Had Me at Black. We're currently accepting story pitches for our upcoming season. The theme is unraveling because after all, for better or for worse, so much about the world as we know it is unraveling. To learn more and to pitch your story, visit youhadmeatblack.com slash tell a story. Peace.